1: It's 8.06 at News Talk WSB, 70 degrees right now. It's gone at 1 degree since we started this morning. This is Law and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, a Georgia gardener, here to help you be more successful with whatever you attempt to do in your garden. If you have failure, give me a call. If you have success, give me a call either way. I'll take your call, and we'll talk about it. 404-872-0750. Actually, we'll talk about more of the garden today. we talk about the eclipse as well. Mark in uh, Oxford, Georgia joins us. Hey, Mark, good morning. Welcome to Lawn and Garden. Uh, yes,
2: sir. Good morning, Hi. Walter. Uh, I my question is, is that the sun goes in a counterclockwise direction, going east to west. The sun and moon rise from the east and go to the west. Yeah. How come the eclipse is going from Oregon west to east? To uh,
1: they Because of the Earth's rotation, yes, they do look like, though the moon itself looks like it rises in the east and goes to the west. But if you are above the North Pole, let's say you and I get on a rocket ship, we go above the North Pole and look down at the Earth, as the Earth is just sitting there pretty well, uh, stand still, the Moon actually goes counterclockwise around the Earth. The Earth's rotation, yes, makes it rise in the east and set in the west, yeah, I knew that. But as far as the eclipse goes, if you're way above the North Pole, the Moon is going counterclockwise around it moves and drags its shadow behind it going from west to east because of the counterclockwise movement that it's doing. And if you're standing out in a field somewhere and looking, you'll be looking, let's see, Monday slightly to the south to see the sun, and so the shadow will come into the right side of the sun, it'll go through the sun, full totality in the middle, and then it'll go fade out to the left of the sun as you look Monday afternoon. Hmm, Okay, that's uh, very interesting. I the I way it is, that. yeah. You and a basketball and a beach ball and a kid with a tennis ball could probably go out and reenact this in your front yard in a few minutes if you care to, but basically uh, I'm that's it. i
2: try, yeah, yeah. I'd like to try to see if that would uh, even be possible, you know, to be able to make something a shadow yeah. going west to east if you're taking it, you know, if you're rotating the earth going counterclockwise, as well as the... Uh, Moon, you're saying, is now going counterclockwise, When I was raised that it goes clockwise.
1: Well, it seems to go clockwise, but it's actually moving counterclockwise. Where are you going to see the eclipse, Mark?
2: Uh, I'll probably be uh, staying in the local area.
1: And how are you going to look? You got the glasses, or what are you doing?
2: I just got some uh, good old cheap $2.50 Walmart glasses.
1: And they're approved by NASA and all those other approval places?
2: Ah, no, sir, no. You know, and uh, NASA is an acronym for never a straight answer.
1: Uh-huh. So. <laughs> uh, Mark, don't call me next weekend and say, Walter, I can't see the dial, but I just want to ask you a question because you blinded yourself. Get something safe, Or, hey, Mark, you know what I'm doing? I'm going to be here, too. I'm not going to North Georgia. But you can make an Eclipse viewer out of a cereal box. And I made one yesterday, a cereal box, yeah. a pair of scissors, and a piece of aluminum foil. And... Uh, I'm not going to go over the details here on the air, but you can online right now just say Serial Box Eclipse Viewer and make yourself one in about five minutes like I did, and you can be in your front yard and see exactly how the eclipse uh, moves. All right. All right. I appreciate that. All right, man. Sure. Good talking right. to you, Mark. Thank you good so day. much for good your question. You. We'll Thank see you soon. Yes, sir. It's 10 minutes after the 8 o'clock on a Saturday morning. We've got Ed in Lilbert. He's got caterpillars coming in his Raj. Hey, Ed, good morning. Ed, did we startle Ed so much that Ed just doesn't have the caterpillars, so or they have come to act- taking him away? Oh no! All right, let's put Ed back on hold, and we'll go to Tony instead. Tony, you're on News Talk WSB. Hey, Tony. Hey, Walter. How are you? Doing fine, Tony. What's up?
0: Um, I'm. I told you about four or five years ago about growing rhubarb and you said good luck and yeah. <laughs> actually I've had good luck. Oh uh, it Tony.
1: You're one of those yeah. people that proves me wrong when I say you can't grow <laughs> rhubarb in Georgia. <laughs>
0: uh, uh, Tell a Jay, so it's pretty cool when I put it in a spot down at the bottom of the hill. We also farm blueberries, so I knew that uh, about frost and so on and so forth. But anyway, I don't know anything about dividing rhubarb and I've yeah. got enough now. I actually canned some and I love rhubarb pie, so I was interested in that pie you were talking about. Yeah. But, um, but anyway, when do I divide this stuff? Because I know that's what you do to propagate it.
1: So You do it like any other perennial plant, which is what it is, basically a perennial like a peony. And you can do that when the leaves have been frozen off of it, so it'll be sometime November, December, I'm guessing. be a good okay. time to do it. okay
0: basically when it
1: goes dormant. Yeah, when yeah. it goes dormant, when the stems are frozen off and everything, get a shovel and dig up the whole clump, and then you can use a hose to wash the dirt off of the clump, and you'll see places where the stems join, and it just seems like this is an offshoot of the main plant, and you just saw, saw that real carefully away from the main plant, and now you got two plants, or three plants, or four plants, maybe.
0: So, so you actually dig up the whole plant? Then? Yeah. Is that what you're?
1: It's easier to do that way than it is to try to go down from the top because when you go down from the top with a shovel, man, you slice into the good part of it, and you don't want to do that. I don't think with this valuable rhubarb, you want to be as careful as you can. So, digging it up and washing it off, and then doing the surgery carefully with knowing exactly where your knife blade is going—that's probably safer. Okay. Now, will
0: that affect it for
2: the next year in terms of the, the main plant? You think?
1: If it is pretty healthy and in a good spot next spring when the leaves come up, I don't think you're going to see much difference. It'll be slightly fewer spears total, stems, right. I guess you'd call them, stems total. But then as the year goes on, it'll get thicker and thicker and thicker, and then by the spring after next, it'll be totally full, no problems at all.
0: And, and that's, that has been the key, just if anybody, I don't know if anybody else wants to try to grow rhubarb, but... I, I really left it alone in the baby. Of course, I watered it through the drought, yeah. and then I've used cottonseed meal as my as my
1: fertilizer. That on it. is a so, great idea. I was thinking about cottonseed meal and what a good fertilizer that is this past week because I just don't talk about it much. But if you can find cottonseed meal, it does a great job. as a slow-release organic fertilizer for a lot of plants.
0: Yeah, that's that's actually what we use on our blueberries. We, yeah. we actually farm blueberries as well up there in yeah. LJ, so... Yeah. That's
1: that's that's why I used it, because I had it. So,
0: yep, exactly. anyway. All right. I'll, maybe I'll be selling rhubarb at the farmer's market next year then.
1: <laughs> let, me, let me know where you're going to be, Tony. I'd love to hear you. Love to slip in <laughs> with you. Thanks for calling, man. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. 813. That gives Jonathan a turn. Jonathan, join us on Lawn and Garden, man. How are you doing? Good morning, well. Good morning, Jonathan. Sure.
0: Doing well, thank you. I uh, Beginning of the summer, uh, I had a number of... Uh, green southern red oak leaves falling with uh, look like measles (laughs) and uh, the tree is still uh, doing fine it looks like i occasionally see one but uh looks like spots on the leaves i started Mm -hmm. looking online but i thought it'd be easier to ask you
1: oak leaf blister is a disease that's pretty common this year Uh uh-huh and when i was doing my walk in the i call it my walk in the sky which is just a, a pathway with an elevated wooden walk that i can see trees 20 feet up, because that's how high my little path is, and uh, I saw oak leaf blister on several oak trees that I passed by, and it's just, a, as you say, spots and measles looking things on the leaf. Usually, they don't do a lot of defoliation as a result, and so because it doesn't defoliate, the leaf is still doing something positive for the tree, and what you're going to do about it anyway, you can't spray as high as the as the leaves are in your tree, so basically you look at it, you say, oh yeah, I got oak leaf, oak leaf blister this year and go about your business. You can't do anything about it. It's a
0: native, uh, native pest?
1: Well, it's one that's endemic to the southeast, so yeah. yeah native, I guess you'd call it a native pest, yeah, sure. It's,
0: what's the latest on that, uh, that uh, oak? Uh, I don't know if it was a weevil or some non-native thing that was imported to the west. Is that
1: What would that the be? East? The one that the oak wilt that came from California, you mean? Maybe, yeah. Doesn't seem to have taken hold, and I'm not sure why, particularly because I haven't followed it closely for probably 10 years. There was a time, yeah, I remember when we were really worried the the oak wilt was going to spread across the country and all the oak trees would die, but somehow it seems to be either quarantined in California or it just didn't adapt very well to other parts of the country. And I really don't know. Don't know the answer to that. Well, thanks for your time. Hey, man, it's great talking to Good you. you. You bet, Jonathan. Bye-bye. It's it is 816. You know, if we went real quick, is Ed on the line? Did Ed ever come back? Ed, are yep. you there? Yeah, he is. Yep, I'm here. Hey, Walter, how you doing? Doing fine, Ed. Let's go over it real quick and talk about the caterpillars. Okay, real quick.
0: I, I grew up on Long Island. They had the gypsy moth up oh, there. Oh, yeah. So by July, there would be no leaves on the trees anymore, and yep. you'd have like two springs. But uh, I got these caterpillars that kind of look like it, only they're darker. Yeah. They're, they're climbing up my driveway into my garage, and they're obviously coming from the trees. Uh, are they going to eat all the leaves on the trees, and what are they?
1: There are two kinds of caterpillars right now that eat oak tree leaves almost exclusively. One is called the orange-striped oakworm. The other one is called the contracted dantana caterpillar. I'm lucky that I can even remember those two names here this morning. But the orange-striped oakworm, as its name implies, has orange or yellow stripes up and down its body. The dantana caterpillar, is hairy. It's got a lot of little white there. Thin white fibers coming off of its body. It's not slick like the orange striped oakworm is. And both of them, like you observed, could well be the ones that are coming in your garage. But They get up in trees, they eat all the leaves. But frankly here, because we've done most of the photosynthesizing that oak tree needs to do in a season, it's not going to come back. The leaves are not going to reappear on the oak tree, but it's not going to hurt it either. I've seen oak trees that they've been defoliated a couple of years in a row and don't seem to be any worse for wear.
2: Okay. Um, do I, I
0: mean, would I want to spray it or, you know? Uh...
1: If you want to, and there's sometimes when you just want to do something to hurt the caterpillars, and if you do, the caterpillar killer you get from Garden centers, Caterpillar Killer. Dipel is another brand name. Uh, caterpillar Attack is one I saw last week. So there are at least three, they all have the same ingredient inside. It's an organic caterpillar poison. But uh, you oh. could do it in, on the trees that you see that have the caterpillars in them if you want.
2: Excellent. Uh, do birds eat these things?
1: Yeah, they do. Not enough of them, but they do eat some of them. Hornets and wasps and things like that eat some as well. But there's just so many of these caterpillars that they're just not controllable by normal, natural you know, predator means. All right, Walter. Thank you very much. You bet, Ed. Thanks for calling. Quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. High this afternoon around 90 degrees, partly cloudy, mostly sunny this afternoon, 30% chance of rain overnight. Tomorrow, high about the same, 90, 91, 92 perhaps. Overnight lows in the very, very low 70s or high 60s. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Let us give away the weekend prize pack. Crystal Wheeler is talking, or is thinking, I should say, a number between 2 and 7 to determine who wins a pair of tickets to see the Goo Goo Dolls with Philip Phillips on Labor Day. September 4th, Chastain Park Amphitheater, produced by Live Nation. Crystal Wheeler. Which caller to win? Caller number, let me count it. Hold it up high. One, two, one, two, three. The third caller to our contest line, 404-741-0750. 404-741-0750. Dial carefully, please. And they'll win tickets to see the Goo Goo Dolls plus Phillips at 825. Linda is in Atlanta, and she joins us in Lawn and Garden. Hey, Linda, good morning.
0: Good morning. My Daphne. Daphne. Yeah, I've been wanting a Daphne for about 10 years. Bought one from Pikes. It's right. drooping, Ow. curling around, and it has big brown spots on it.
1: What am I going to do for you, Linda? I don't have a solution for you because I had one like that, and it is D-E-A-D oh. dead. I'll tell you well, what. I
0: pike's take it back because if they put anything they will. green on it, they don't take it back.
1: I no, I Pike, I think is better. Than, do you have your receipt? Number one.
0: Yeah, and then I'm in their system.
1: Then in that case, take it back. Pike guarantees their plants, and even if it was just one leaf on it that's green, I'm pretty sure that Pike is going to be very reasonable with you. That's what Pike does. They're good people, and the one year guarantee is what they base their success on.
3: So you think
0: it's dying?
1: If it's brown and droopy and lots of leaves gone off of it, it probably has... All the
0: leaves are on it.
1: Well, are they droopy, though?
0: Yeah, they've yeah, drooped.
1: It sounds like the symptoms of a disease that mine got. It's a root rot. They're very susceptible root to Phytophthora root rot. And it's mostly because they don't like growing it in clay. I mean, that's just the bottom line of the whole situation is Daphne's and clay do not mix. So I got the a whole ones, lot
0: of mulch around them because I went out of town and they probably yeah. that rain.
1: and' got were wet and soggy and the roots just declined after that. That could well be it. I don't have much mulch around mine, but the soil in which they're growing is mostly sand and organic matter. So it's really soft and they can move wherever they want to. The roots can go wherever they want to in that soil. And if you go on my website, I have a recipe for Daphne soil. That's what you should do, Linda. Go on my website. Look for the recipe for Daphne soil. Consider lifting this one that you have up and reamending the soil, or if you just think you need to you get a new one, take it back to Pike and see what they'll do for you. It's eight twenty-eight at News Talk WSB. Back to more lawn and garden after news. <laughs> I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful in anything you do in your landscape. And one of the things you can do to be more successful is visit your local pike nursery because they have great plants, great experts, and a great guarantee. We're joined this morning by Mickey Gasway, as we usually are. Good morning, Mickey. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. And I have a question. I okay. pledged just a moment ago to a caller that Pike Nursery had a one-year, no, had a lifetime guarantee, I should say, on all the shrubs and trees. And she said, "Well, I'm going to go." Sounded like she was going to well, take her dash right. in there. That's the way.
3: Yeah. So that's it, it encourages you to live longer <laughs> because
1: it's
3: a lifetime guarantee, right? So good all around.
1: Good point. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lifetime yeah. guarantee. Live long and get <laughs> the be, get the <laughs> most money out of your guarantee. So, how does the guarantee work, Mickey? When someone brings a plant in, does it have to be completely brown and dead, or can it have three green leaves left on it, or what? Yeah,
3: it has Yeah, it just means, needs to be in in, in decline. That's uh-huh. what I would say. Yeah, and uh, you bring it in and the, uh, receipt. Now, if you're a plant in the dirt, dirt member, sometimes or uh, normally we can find your um you, you we can find it. Yeah, long you know, receipt. But sometimes, you know how computers are. So I'm going to tell everybody to always hang on to your seat.
1: Sounds good. And
3: just just for your sake.
1: Trees, shrubs, woody plants. All woody plants are guaranteed for life.
3: Woody buds. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great deal.
1: So let's talk about what our Pike Pick of the Weekend is. And my understanding, this is not a 20% off anything, but it is a free something or other.
3: This is a free something. And if you... Have a design done by us. We come out and do a design for you, and you have us install it. Then you get a free drip irrigation system, and that's up to a thousand dollar value. that is—that's wow. a lot of money. So hopefully, um, you know, and, and you. To me, drip irrigation is the way to go. Anyway,
1: oh yes, yeah, sure. I hate
3: to see I hate to see water running on the street, even when we're getting plenty of water. That bothers me. Um, so, but this it delivers it directly to the plant. Um, you don't have you don't have all the waste that you do on the other. It saves on your water bill. So not only have you saved $1,000, you're going to save on your water bill.
1: So you're eligible if you have a landscape design by Pike Nursery Professionals and an install by you guys as well. And an
3: install. That's right. And that has to be done, uh, it's now through August 24th.
1: Is there any minimum amount of uh, money has to be spent on the design or the install?
3: There there is. There are some, um, you know... Parameters, I guess, but um, but you know we can we can explain all that to you. But it but it's it, basically when you get a design and an install done, it will. That's what it is. All
1: right. So go to your Pike nursery, of course. And if you're doing a landscape design, you're going to be in once or twice or three times to talk to everybody about how to get the. Or you going to talk to the designers who come to the house? I should say, and you can find that's out right. more about it that way.
3: Yeah, it's it's a great deal. It really is. I'm considering having it done, except I don't have room for anything else in my yard. But
1: <laughs> You need another house, would, Mickey Gassaway.
3: I do. I do. I really, really, really do. Really do. You just call
1: it but, Gassaway's uh, Experimental Plantation, and you can <laughs> rent the house to somebody else with your garden. That's going to be your garden to play with. That's
3: right. That, that, nobody would like to think that they to the design for it. But the plants are doing
1: great. Or you could do like me and Mickey. I landscape my neighbor of My neighbors, at least, I mow their lawns or I have it mowed for them. I put down weed killer for them sometimes, and I plant plants that I totally surprise them when they come home and they say, "Where did this? Where did this hydrangea come from?" And I say, well, "I have an extra one, so I just planted it for you over here." So you could do That's that great. too.
3: Yeah, that's a good idea. We do have, do have a, we do
1: have a we we have a good relationship in my neighborhood, so we got classes coming up too. If I'm not mistaken, there's a class on we gardening did. soon.
3: Yes, this is uh, uh for beginning flower gardens. I call it gardening 101, and uh, this is it's it's really a good class. we uh, at the Peachtree City store, at Johns Creek, at West Cobb. And at Lynnborough. Okay. So there'll be one fairly close to everybody. Uh, you can go online, fightnursery, well, you know what it is, fightnursery.com and, uh, get the date on right. the, on the dates where they're going to be. Right. But it's going to be fun. It's also, it's good for new, new gardeners, but also for transplanted gardeners. Because a lot of times when people come here from Florida or from, um, you know, from New York, it's, it's different. There's some things that are different. So we would just love to share that with you we'll teach you how to say
1: y'all, too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you need. So let's reiterate, the Pipe Pick is the free drip irrigation system that's installed with any pipe design and install contract that you do with Pipe Nursery. And you can uh, get that drip installation done to water all your plants without wasting any water, which is a great idea. And don't forget the classes. And to find the classes, you got to go find the locations of the Pipe Nursery where the classes are going to be held. And Mickey gets away, the best place to find the locations and all the information about Pike Nursery would be where?
3: PikeNursery.com.
1: There you go. Mickey. One is more great. thing. What is that? One more
3: thing. What? what? Roll Tide.
1: Roll Tide. They have, have they started playing yet?
3: Won't be long. It
1: won't you be get long. You're just getting warmed up for the Roll Tide. Well, right. go dogs from okay. here, and we will see you next Saturday, Mickey. Okay. See okay. you then. It's 842 on a Saturday morning. Susan in Roswell is with us. Hey, Susan. Good morning.
4: Good morning. How are you? I'm very well,
1: as you can probably tell. How can I help?
4: I'm having a problem with my tomatoes this year. I've, I grow them every year, but this year I've grown different varieties from mm-hmm. um, pot grown to early girl to big boys to heirloom to growing in the ground to all different kinds. Right. And none of them are getting any larger than a golf ball. Oh man! So the real big ones, and some cases like the little romans, they're about the size of a marble. Oh That's man! Long.
1: So so far, well, I don't see any any bad things, any smoking guns, as I say. So. Fertility, you fertilize them how often?
4: I, I fertilize them according to the package. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got some that I'm fertilizing weekly because I'm watering the, with it, and then I've got some that I've got um, uh, extended release fertilizer.
1: Okay. And
4: I have some that are being grown with uh, natural
1: fertilizer, such as
4: chicken manure.
1: Yeah, So, and they're all in full sun?
4: Yes, yeah,
1: all of them full sun. And even though they're supposed to be big tomatoes, none the size more than the size of a, of a golf ball. The
4: biggest, the biggest ones I'm getting are the size of a golf ball, and I've got them in different locations. <laughs> so you can't say <laughs> it's one bed because they're all different beds, and I try to rotate around so that they are yeah. at least um, no more than two years behind one another.
1: I can't explain why they're not getting to the right size, but I can explain. How a tomato gets to any size that it's going to get to, and you have n- noticed this anyway because you've sliced in a t- into a tomato before, Susan, so you know what the inside of a tomato looks like. We you know the seeds have that sort of jelly-like stuff around right. them inside a tomato. Uh-huh. And the seed produces a hormone when the when the tomato is first being formed. It's right there on the end of the blossom. It's first making that little green nub that makes a tomato. Eventually, the right. seeds that are inside that are properly fertilized by pollination, they start secreting a hormone that says, "Make the jelly like stuff around me, and then make some pulp around that, and then make a skin to contain us all, so they don't fall on the ground." Right. And so that sequence has to happen in the right way, or the tomato does not reach the size it's supposed to. So my guess here is it's something somewhere back two months ago, a month ago maybe, interfere with the seeds producing the hormone that says you get it to the right side, get to be big as a piece of sandwich bread, or pe- bigger than a golf ball, bigger than, than you are right now. Right. I don't know what that thing was. but I think in a month
4: or two months ago we yeah. were having monsoon season.
1: I guess the rain could have had something to do with it, but most of the time the rain makes tomatoes crack. They get to the right side. but they got big cracks they, on the side because right. of the rain. when
4: they get over, right they get too water, too
1: much water in them. Yeah. So for today, Susan, we're going to have to say I do not know why they have not reached size. I'm sure they're good to eat anyway, so you can enjoy them. But I don't know why they haven't got as well, big actually, as you
4: Well, actually, they're expect. not. They're not flavored. It's like the, the flavor's not matured or something. Hmm. And I'm leaving them on the vine right. until they're right so i just i i don't i've grown uh tomatoes all my life and i've never had anything right like this before
1: We'll we add it to our list of things we can't figure out and accept by faith and there are a lot of things in my life sometimes that i accept by faith and this one we're going to have to say it just is what it is better luck next year i guess that's all we can say susan thanks so much for calling i gotta go because we got so many calls in line right now and i think we can get lewis in here lewis join us on lawn and gardens one two three there's lewis hey lewis good morning
2: i uh have some euonymus bushes in my backyard and i've uh, got uh, several years ago we got scale on all of them yeah. and i had to cut them all down and they've now regrown uh back up to about six feet but the scale in on a couple of them is returning and mm-hmm. i was wondering when you see scale on a individual branch is it okay just to cut the single branch off or should i do more drastic and actually yeah. cut the whole uh, bush down just to save the rest of the bushes.
1: Euanomous scale is one of the hardest insects to control in the landscape. I mean, that's just a given. They're hard to control because it's hard to get the insecticide in to kill the scale. They're not very much controlled by the systemic insecticides. Oils are better, but it's hard to get good oil coverage on every surface. Many times I've told people, dig it up and put something else in its place, because it'll just be a a headache for you for the years to come. If you want to fight it, I guess, Lewis, the best thing you can do is when you see a limb that has the scale on it, you obviously know what that looks like. You could either try to spray it in place with an oil like um, sunspray or one of the horticultural oils or neem oil would be fine. Or you can prune it out if it's really heavily infested. It's going to be really hard to control with chemicals anyway, so just pull it out and throw it away. And let the let the shrubbery grow, but boy oh boy, scale on a eucalyptus—that is one of those situations that you just don't want to see on a plant because it's hard to control.
2: Well, how does it uh, does it spread? From uh, uh, you indicate it's kind of a uh, a, a mite or a, or a bug of some sort. Yeah, it, so a, it spreads by way of the air at least. they
1: the have crawlers. Yeah, they they spread by crawlers. crawlers. The scale okay. that are on the leaves or stems right now will. The the wax of that scale Hides little bitty, 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 bitty babies That hatch out in the late spring And when they hatch out They can be blown Or they can crawl physically from limb to limb Plant to plant in the landscape Okay
2: all right. Well, I'm I'm got about four bushes that have. It. I guess I'm going to cut those four down and hope the rest survive. So,
1: in my experience, cutting them down and just frankly pulling them out of the ground and putting something something that does not have that tolerance or that susceptibility, I guess, to scale would be a better solution because it is just almost impossible to control them on U.L. Shrubs. It's 848 at News Talk WSB. We'll be right back after this.
0: This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need.
1: And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. High today around 90 degrees. Tonight over the overnight low around 70. Tomorrow about the same. 30 percent chance of rain overnight. The eclipse comes on Monday. We'll be covering that live here at News Talk WSB at 8:55. We've got Jason in line online. Hey, Jason. Morning.
2: Hey, good morning Walter.
1: So you got spurweed near your pool out here? Yes, sir. And
2: uh, I'm trying uh, some pre-emergent. Uh... Makes this called freehand. It okay. didn't have any success with that, and I don't know what my options are.
1: I don't know what freehand has as its active ingredient, but there's a, a chemical, chemical called dithiopyr. D I T H I P O Y R, dithiopyr. Okay. And it is one that Controls most broadleaf weeds A good, good swath of broadleaf weeds And that's what this weed is Obviously it's a broadleaf weed That's an annual It comes up in the wintertime And then germinates flowers Makes it a little bird that hurts like heck When you sit on it When you stand on it Or yeah. sit on it either one So the pre-emergent route Is probably the safest to do Because of all the other plants You have planted around your pool My guess is all right. So, pre-emergent with Dithiopyr. Write that down. D-I-T-H-I-P-Dithiopyr. Okay. And again, I don't know which products have Dithiopyr in them, but some do. And that's the ones to look okay. for at the Garden Center when you go looking and apply it in September. And you know what? It would not hurt my feelings, Jason, if you put that down another time in mid November, just to be sure we had perfectly good pre-emergent control of Spurweed. We don't want a single one to come up in the spring, because that's bad news when you have it around the pool. Thanks for calling, Jason. It's 857. It's been a great Saturday morning. Crystal Wheeler has done a fabulous job screening our calls in the place of Ashley, who is on vacation. Jason Byers does a fabulous job finding music for us to play, and he has a special playlist for me that he has assembled, and I appreciate that of him as well. At my website, WalterReeves.com, you can sign up for a newsletter, you can follow me on Pinterest, you can follow me on Twitter, follow me on Facebook, you get good gardening information there. Again, stay tuned. Dave Baker's here with the Home Fixing Show. He will tell you how to deal with zombies when they appear during the eclipse this coming Monday. We'll see you next Saturday.